You are listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. In this podcast, we're going to hear a Sunday morning message. It's been told to you, Pastor Robert and Leanne's on a little bit of a vacation. So, uh, you know, during revival, all, every man of God talked about their dog. You know, Isaac, Isaac talked about his husky and, and Pastor Darren talked about his stinky dog and Pastor Dave Marsh, he talked about his dog. He misses it more than he misses his kids. Well, I want to talk about my two huskies for a minute. I want to open up about my two dogs. Uh, we have Blue and we have Bolt. Well, we named him Blue because he just has a little bit of blue in his, in his eye. They're huskies. And we got Bolt, which is red and white, and, and he's got a, a, a lightning bolt down the back of his neck. And we shouldn't have named him Bolt because what it, whenever we first got him home, that's what he liked to do was Bolt, right? But we get up and we walk three miles a day. We jogged, we walk three miles a day. They got a 10-foot leash. Now, me and Blue, we're on the same page. We're all about this walk. We're all about this exercise. We're all about getting it done. But my, my buddy Bolt, he's on a different mission. See, he likes to... He likes to dabble too much. He likes to doodle around and he goes from side to side and, 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 and he's just about doing his own business. I mean, it's not about what the master wants, but it's about what he wants. He's all about if he sees dogs in a cage or dogs walking, he's got he's to whine because he wants to be about his own business. He's not about the master's business. See, me and Blue, we're about the master's business. We're about, hey, we get done, we get home, we get fed, right? But not Bolt. Bolt likes to dabble too much. Don't be a Bolt is the title of the message today, amen? Don't be a Bolt. So today's reading, if you'll stand with me, is out of 2 Kings 5 and 18. This is the, the word that the Lord had spoke to me. In this thing, we're talking about Naaman. In this thing, the Lord pardon thy servant, that when my master goeth into the house of Rimeon to worship there, and he leaneth on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Rimeon, when I bow myself down in the house of Rimeon, the Lord pardon thy servant in this thing. Mary, will you bless the reading of the word? Father, we do praise you. We do worship you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that was felt in this place this yes, morning. Yes, Lord God. Now, Lord, you haven't left. That's right. But God, you're here to continue mm. to minister to open hearts today. We ask you, Lord God, that you will bless Aaron this morning, Lord, as he mm. brings the word. Thank Anoint you, him, we pray, O oh God, and just bless us as your children, Lord. God, that this word, Lord, may fall upon good soil. God, that we may go yes, from Lord. this place and be about the master's business. <laughs> Father, bless, yes, keep, protect, and guide each yes. and every one of us as we follow Christ in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated. Amen. So let me give you a rundown of who Naaman is. So Naaman is a captain of the Caesarean army. He's a servant to the king, Ben-Hadon. He's a great man. The word of God says, says in verse one, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. And he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. His character and his integrity is sound, but he has a problem. His problem is, is that he's a leper. And leprosy 
is contagious. It's a physical illness and there is nobody that wants to be around you. He couldn't be around his family. He probably couldn't even be around his troops. He probably had to give a command from a distance. He probably couldn't be around his king. It's contagious. Nobody wants to be around a leper, amen? But if you have something wrong with you today, I want you to say this in faith with me today. Say, I believe. Say, I believe. believe. Say, I believe that God is able. I believe that God can. Amen. If you believe that, give him a hand clap. Amen. Amen. I believe. Listen, so, so we go into verse two and there's a slave girl captured by the Caesarean army out of Israel. She's a maid to Naaman's wife and she believes. She believes that God can. Just because you're captured, just because you're in bondage doesn't mean that you shut up. You share what you know. Amen. She's sharing what she knows. Listen, whenever we're in bondage, we need to get our shout on. We need to get our praise on. We need to do the things. If we read the word, we see Paul and Silas, they're in shackles, they're in fetters, they're in the dungeon. But what do they do? They get their praise on and what happens? Transformation takes place. There's a transferring of the God who comes in and he breaks off the chains of bondage. And whatever you're walking through in life, don't let the devil shut down your praise. Amen? The enemy needs to hear you coming. He needs to be afraid of his own life. He's already lost. Jesus has the victory. You have the victory because you're from the cross where Jesus gave it to you. Amen. Listen, I'm going to say something. I'm tired of hearing the devil is really after Pastor Robert. Let me tell you something. It's not the devil after Pastor Robert. It is Pastor Robert and Jewel City Church that is advancing the kingdom of God. And whenever you got somebody backed against the wall, all they can do is come out swinging. And that's what's taking place is because we got him backed against the wall. You see salvation after salvation after salvation. We are advancing the kingdom of God. I'm tired of hearing that the devil's really after Pastor Robert. The devil has been defeated. We're advancing the kingdom. We're going to fight for God. We're going to stand fast in what's going on. Listen, we have victory. Amen. We're not bound. Satan doesn't have me bound. He doesn't have Pastor Robert bound. Sometimes we get a little bit weary, but we ain't lost the battle. Amen. Listen, she's a little maid girl. She's captured in a foreign land. She's a slave to strangers, but she shares what she knows. She shares the God of Israel. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, share Jesus. Share the hope of Jesus. Revelations 12 and 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. They overcame who? The adversary, the devil. By what? By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Share Jesus. This morning I was talking to Peggy and the Lord dropped something in my spirit whenever I was telling her that. Listen, think about this. All of Jesus' writing, whenever he talks, is in the red. So get the blood inside of you. Read something that's in the red. Whenever you start to be defeated, whenever you're feeling that you're going through something, get the blood inside of you. Read the red writing because Jesus spoken and Jesus spoken. It's true and there's power in the blood. Amen. So get the blood inside of you. Amen. And the word of their testimony. So share Jesus. You want out of bondage? Keep talking about Jesus. You want out of bondage? Keep talking to Jesus because that's the only way. Listen, this little girl, she believes. I believe. She tells Naaman's wife, if Naaman could get to Israel, whoo, somebody testify. Hey, why don't you come to church with me to Jewel City? Just share a testimony. Say, and then share a challenge. I'll give you a three-Sunday challenge. 
You come to Jewel City with me three Sundays in a row. And if God doesn't move on you, you don't ever have to come back. Just come three Sundays. Give it a try. Let God do the work. All you got to do is share the testimony. I, Jesus healed me. Jesus is at Jewel City, right? All we got to do is share Jesus. You want out of bondage? Talk about Jesus. She tells Naaman, she tells Naaman's wife, there's a prophet there that the God of Israel performs miracles through. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. God is the same forever. Amen. From Old Testament to New Testament to right now today. Amen. Naaman tells his king, this little slave girl that I have, this little maid girl that I have told me that I can go to Israel and get healed. She said that there's a prophet there and all I got to do is get to him because the God of Israel works through him. Listen, he has hope in a prophet that he's never seen or met. I got hope in a God that I've never seen or met. Amen. Amen. What about you? I have hope in Jesus. I got faith in Jesus. Why? Because he was the only begotten son who died on a cross and that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe that? Are you a whosoever? Naaman leaves Syria with a letter from his king loaded with silver, gold, and clothing. He arrives at Israel and he visits the king of Israel and he presents the letter to the king from his king. And it says, my captain, Naaman wishes to be healed of leprosy. And can you imagine the king of Israel's reading this? He says, my captain wishes to be, who am I? Who am I to make alive? Who am I? Am I God to kill and make alive? Who am I is what he's questioning. Who am I? Why are you here? Fear comes up on him. He thinks the Caesarean army wants to start war. Fear is all over him. You ever received a bad report and fear come up on you? Don't let fear get a hold of you. Trust in God. God knows all things. Even if the report is unto death, God knows what's best for me and you. We're selfish. We want to live here. We want to hold on to our loved ones forever. Listen, my mom, she lost a son at age 17. I wasn't even born yet. My mom lost her second oldest son at 62. She lost a, a grandson at age five. Another grandson, three months old. Listen, we don't know what takes place, but we got to keep our hope and our trust in God. You have to trust in the Lord. No matter what takes place in your life, you have to trust in him. The book in James says that life is but a vapor. It's not promised tomorrow. So you got to rejoice in every day. You got to make the best of it every day. Whenever you sin, you got to repent of your sins. You got to confess it and ask God to forgive you. You got to love your family. Like there's no tomorrow. You got to love your friends like there's no tomorrow. If God drops something in your spirit to call somebody, you need to call them today. Don't put it off to tomorrow because you might not be here. Amen. Trust in him. Don't lean on your own understanding. Leaning on your own understanding, guess what? It means you're not trusting in God. This king of Israel wasn't trusting in God. Fear was all over him. Elijah the prophet, the man of God, tells the king to send Naaman to him. He says, calm down, king, send Naaman to me. So Naaman arrives at the prophet's house and Elijah sends a servant down to meet him. He tells him to go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be healed. Naaman is angry about this. 
Naaman's upset because the man of God didn't take time for him. Anybody here ever get upset because the man of God didn't shake your hand or say hi to you? I'll move on. But anyway, right? He's upset. Why didn't the man of God just come down and put his hand over me and say, be healed in the name of Jesus? Right? He's upset with him, right? He's angry. He's mad. Don't let your anger take you down. Don't let your anger take you away from what God is doing. Just because you're not seeing God move doesn't mean that he's not. Too many times God's moving. You just allow him to move. Watch your tongue. Watch your words. He's moving. Amen. Believe in him. He told me to dip in the Jordan seven times. In the beginning, remember, in the beginning, my maid girl told me if I go to Israel, there's a prophet there. And I'm going to get healed. In the beginning, it was easy. Man, I went to church. I got salvation. It was easy. But along the journey, along the journey to Israel, after meeting the king and along the journey to Elijah's house, along the journey, it's starting to get hard and weary because I ain't seeing him work, but I can't let go of him, right? I got to hold fast to the faith that I have in God. He can't see it. In the beginning, it was easy for him. I got a word spoken to me. The prophet said that the Jordan... Go to the Jordan, it's the dirtiest river, and he wants me to dip myself seven times. And he's wroth, he's mad, and he's not gonna do it. But his servants convince him. His servants say, listen, if he told you to go to war, you'd go to war, it wouldn't be a problem. He's telling you to go to the Jordan and just get dipped seven times. The Jordan's on the way home. The Jordan is on his way home. So Elijah's even sending him home. Listen, it was good that you visited Israel, but now we want you to leave and dip into Jordan seven times. Imagine that, he's, he's telling him to dip, he goes, he dips, he comes up clean, praise the Lord, he's healed, right? But what does he do? He turns around, he doesn't go home, he turns around and he comes back to the prophet's house. Listen, whenever he was there, he was battling his flesh, right? I got ahead of myself a little bit. His flesh was getting the best of him. And your flesh is gonna war against your spirit. Does everybody understand that whenever you confess Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, the greater one? The, the, the greater one is on the inside of you. Do you understand that? Okay, amen. See, listen, you're washed by the blood. But Galatians 5 and 17 says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit. What's it doing? It's fighting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to the other. It tells us in scripture that our spirit man it's fighting with our flesh, and our flesh is fighting with our spirit, right? It's con. We're, we're, we're in a battle every day of our life, but we cannot allow the flesh to win. Verse 16 says, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you walk in the spirit? You read the red lettering, amen? You get in the word, you get in your praise, you stay filled up. He returns to the prophet, and he tries to pay for his miracle. It's not how God operates. You can't buy, you can't purchase what God has done in your life. God wants us to believe, to have faith in him. Your obedience to the word of God is gonna keep you in relationship with God, no matter what. Before salvation through Christ Jesus, Satan had us blinded. We spent money on everything. We thought we knew love, but we didn't. We thought we knew joy, but we didn't. We thought we knew peace, but we didn't. We thought we knew value, but we didn't. Everyone here, you have value. You need to keep searching God's heart for your purpose until you find it.
until he reveals it to you. You have purpose and you have value. God wants you. He wants your heart. God's love is clean and pure, and there's nothing like it in this world. Amen? Jesus died so that we could live. He died and exchanged lives. Imagine that. I know that we watch the cross all the time. We see him on the cross. But have you ever just simply thought about what that looks like? He's there on the cross. A life exchanged for me. Have you ever just pictured yourself on that cross being penalized for the sins that Jesus took for you? Have you ever imagined your back being broken open like Jesus' back was broken open? Have you ever imagined that a life exchanged for your life so you could have freedom and salvation? There's freedom in the cross and you can't purchase the blessings of God. Amen? Elijah refuses the silver and the gold and the clothing. The reward is seeing God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness is good. We're back to 2 Kings 5 and 18. Listen, we've seen mighty things, right? He got a word, he left, he got healed. He went back and tried to purchase it. But now he stands before Elijah and he says, in this thing, the Lord pardon thy servant. Mm. Too many times we see salvation after salvation after salvation. We have discipleship class and I can only get one person to come. You got to get in the word. Mm. In this thing, the Lord pardon thy servant, that when my master goeth into the house of Rimeon to worship there and he leaneth on my hand, I bow, my, I bow myself in the house of Rimeon. When I bow down myself in the house of Rimeon, the Lord pardon thy servant in this thing. Mm, the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. But too often, we find ourselves in that predicament. We found ourselves in salvation, but we just want to start bowing our knees. We want to be a bolt. Don't be a bolt. We, start, we want to doodle and dabble in everything that's, that's outside of the God's realm that, that he doesn't want us to, right? We want to just start putting our knee down to God's, mm, but God doesn't want us to. Listen, you got to stay connected to church. You've heard about a man called Jesus. You saw salvation in your own life. You saw healing in your own life. You felt the love of Christ in your own life. You've come and you've seen blessing after blessing, but you keep rolling out the door until something happens in your life and then you come back. Pastor Preach, I'm trying to help you before you need help. What he's saying is you got to stay connected to God is exactly what he's saying. Come to church, hear what the Lord has given the shepherd to give to you. And to me, amen? Listen, there's too many times that we wait until there's a life-altering circumstance, and then I'm coming back. There's too many people, listen, and I'm starting to get boldness. I'm starting to, uh, I ain't trying to be stupid with anybody, but I'm tired of seeing people out at restaurants, at Walmart, at Price Cutter. Man, pastor, I'm coming back. Well, when you coming back? Well, you know, Pastor, I don't know. Well, you're here working. I see you out eating. Listen, you go where you want to go. On Friday night, we were out eating. Listen, to me. there wasn't no coronavirus. There wasn't COVID-19 where we were at eating. It was a packed house. It was full. Everybody was loud. Everybody was talking. Everybody was laughing. There were no masks on. We can go where we want to go. Well, I tell you today, you need to come to the house of God. I don't care how bad it is. Listen, if you've got an underlying condition, I understand. But you need to come to the house of God. I can't stay clean. Listen, if I take a shower once a week, I ain't clean. I don't know how you feel like you can come in here on Sunday morning and be full for the week against the adversary. 
I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Listen, too many believers, we're wanting to, we're wanting to eat. We're wanting to eat at the tables that Jesus flipped over, right? We're wanting to eat at the table that Jesus flipped over. We want to wheel and deal in the world. We want to do that and do this. And then on Sunday morning, we want to come in and just be holy before God. And I don't know how we can do that either. I just don't understand how we can try to do that. We've got to live a life that's holy without blame. Listen, too often we're calling ourselves Christians. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. We're all Christians. We found Jesus Christ, right? But I see Christians pulled up to a bar stool, drinking a 40. I don't understand that. I'm a Christian, but, but I, I, I see where drunkenness is foolishness in my word. I mean, maybe, I, maybe my Bible's different from yours. I don't know. But I, I just feel like it, uh, you know. I, I, you know, I, and, and the Lord changed my mouth, Mike. Mike, the Lord changed my mouth. I see Christians having fellowship and, and they're having full conversations and there's foul language flying out. There's an F-bomb there. There's an H here. And, and, and I don't understand that because God cleaned me up and God cleaned you up. They're speaking language where my mom would have grabbed a bar of soap and washed my mouth out. Huh? I'm old school. Mom, I, ask Trevor. Trevor got a little tongue washing once. Thanks to my mom. Thanks to my mom. He said a word that she says too much. Right? Huh? Listen, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. But that ain't my wife that I live with. Mm. I'm a Christian. Listen, God cleaned us up. He gave us salvation through the cross. Too many times we keep just taking his grace and we keep driving nails. He's thankful to be off the cross. Because guess what? We ain't driving nails in his hands or his feet. We're driving nails right through his heart because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And every time I mess up, he looks down and I believe that he sheds a tear. And he says, why did he do that? Why did he do that? He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We're the only people that leave God. God never left us. He died. He went to the grave and he rose again so that we could have life. He's never left us. He doesn't want us to bow down to other gods. He wants us to walk. Let me encourage you today. Let's move on from being a Christian. Do you realize that Christianity wasn't until Acts, right? It wasn't until, it wasn't until Acts. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishermen of men. So why don't we just become a Jesus follower from now on? Why don't we get in line with the 12 disciples and just follow Jesus? Why don't we become a God chaser? Why don't we lose the title of Christian? Whenever somebody says, how are you doing? Are you a Christian? Say, no, I'm not a Christian. I'm a follower of God. I walk with power and authority in the name of Jesus. I've been washed in the blood and I ain't a Christian because I see too many Christians using foul language. I see them at the bars. I see them do whatever they want. I'm not a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't even like that title. I don't even want that title. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to run the race, amen? Colossians 3, 1 and 2, it says, if ye then be risen with Christ. Anybody risen with Christ? Give me hands. Come on, give me a shout of praise. Huh? Huh? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on those things above, not on the things of earth. You gotta be heavenly minded. Can I tell you what, the, what is not in heaven? Can I go there first? There's not lack, 
There's not lust. There's not rust. There's nothing that's in this world that's in heaven. You know what's there? There is love. There is peace. There is joy. There's streets of gold. There's jewels of glory. There's a mansion waiting for you. Set your heart on heaven and the things above. Be a follow Jesus. And what does that look like? Well, let me tell you. Luke 19 and 10, for the son of man is come to seek and save that which was lost. Be a follower of Jesus. What's that mean, pastor? That means grab your neighbor. If they don't have a home church and invite them. It's a challenge. Invite somebody every week. It doesn't matter if they come. You've done your duty. You've sought the lost and you said, come. Maybe you say, I'm not equipped to talk about the Lord. That's why you're inviting them to church because you have a man of God or a woman of God that is equipped. God's given them a verse, a scripture, a message to preach the gospel to them and salvation is going to become. You know why? Because you've been praying for them. You've been praying that God's going to change their heart and bring them out of sin right into righteousness. Amen. You've been praying for them. Follower of Jesus. Pretty easy, right? Matthew 25, verses 35 and 36. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Those people that are holding up a sign, guess what? That says, I'm out of work, I'm hungry. Well, if you feed them, guess what you're doing? You're being a follower of Jesus. Their sign usually says, I'm hungry, right? They're probably thirsty. So if you give them a drink, if you pull out a bottle of water, keep an extra one in your vehicle and just reach it out the window, guess what you're doing? You're being a follower of Jesus, right? We're being a follower of Jesus. We're doing what he's asking to do. One of, my, one, one of our young ladies that's here, I don't know if she's here today or not, but she, she sits with old people. And those families that she's been sitting with has been moved into a nursing home. So now she goes at least once a week, if not more, to the nursing homes to visit those people. Well, it, it turns out that she's visiting more than those people. Other people are starting to talk to her. So one older gentleman says, I like M&Ms, and I don't remember what specific kind it was, but anyway, he likes M&Ms. So she gets him a bag of M&Ms. What's that cost, $3 maybe, maybe more? I don't know how big the bag was. But she takes it to the old man and she gives, this, she gives it to this man, this resident in this nursing home. On the way home, you know what happens to her? She's a follower of Jesus. You know what's happened to her? She's overwhelmed by the blessing of God just by purchasing a bag of M&Ms and handing it to him that she cried all the way home from the nursing home. Why? Because the floodgates of heaven opened up and encouraged her to do a little bit more next time for somebody else. A follower of Jesus. That's all that we gotta do. We have prison ministry. I've been a part of prison ministry uh, with, with Kenny and, and Rodney and some other men. Donnie, we went in for four years before we got kicked out, right? With too much God for him. No, no. Right? We got kicked out. It was a privilege. Let me tell you how much of a privilege it was. We actually pay to go in to spend three and a half days with these men. We pay money. You're saying you're out of your mind, Pastor. You pay money to go, go to incarcerated people? We pay money. And whenever you've got a man of God that's holding, or whenever you've got an incarcerated man holding a strawberry, he says, I haven't eaten one of these in 30 years. 
You know how much grace is inside of you? If you've accepted Jesus Christ and it, by the grace of God, I'm not in there. My first time in there, one of the questions that you don't ask why they're in there. You never ask why they're in there. The first time that we're in there, here comes my high school quarterback out of the cafeteria. I said, why are you in here? He got in the wrong spot, the wrong time. Follower of Jesus. By the grace of God, I'm not there. But I can be a follower of Jesus and do what he's asking me to do. I can feed. I can give water. I can give clothing. We do a, we do a, a clothing drive in August. That's what you're doing whenever you bring clothing here. You're giving to those that are naked. You visit the sick. That's easy. You got neighbors all around you. Not all of them are healthy. You can take care of your neighbors. I continue to encourage you to learn who sits in the pews around you so you know when they're not here. And you can call them, exchange phone numbers, you can call them. We had prayer this morning with a brother. And Randy Efall said, let me get your number. It's that easy, it's that easy. James 1 and 27 says, pure religion and undefiled before God. And the father is this, to visit the fatherless. It's hard. I ain't gonna lie, that's hard. Man, I got my kids, they're done raised. I'm ready. I'm ready for my next season of life. I'm ready to be able to go. I'm, better, I'm ready to be able to run. I'm ready to take Cindy wherever we wanna go. But we gotta slow down. We got a little boy in our neighborhood. He's got parents, but he's always outside. And he's always looking for somebody to play with. My neighbor, Kenny, is always feeding him a popsicle. I mean, everything, he'll be knocking on his house today, probably 11.06 a.m. right now, wanting a popsicle. And if Kenny's home, he's probably giving him one. We've got to take care of the fatherless. To visit the widows in their affliction. They're lonely. Man, if anybody wants to help call widows, I got names and phone numbers. I got a few volunteers that help me right now and I'm so blessed that they call. Sometimes I hear that they're not treated that well and widows, I pray that you just be receptive to their phone calls because they're just checking on you because I've asked them to. They're being a follower of Jesus. They're being a God chaser. That's all that they're trying to do is be a God chaser. Exodus 22 and verse three says, I am the Lord thy God. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Don't go back. Don't be like Naaman. Don't say, will the Lord pardon me? He got healed, he got redeemed, he got set free. You've been healed, you've been redeemed, you've been set free. Don't go back. Don't find you're in the position to be pardoned. Stay away from lust. Stay away from the lust of your flesh. Stay on fire for God. Get into his word. The parable of the sower explained Matthew 13, 18 through 23. And I'm trying to drive this point to you today, that God, you've been through revival. Every, every Sunday, I feel like we're in revival. Every day of our life, we should feel like we're in revival. But 13, uh, 18 through 23, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Listen, 
If you are a new believer, we need you to understand the word of God. Come to a pastor. Come to Pastor Rita. Come to Pastor Micah. Come to Pastor Kerry. We want to open ourselves up so that you can understand, so the evil one won't snatch it out of your heart. The one whom seed was sown on the rocky places. This man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And I remember before I was saved, I received it with joy. And I found greatness in, inside of my spirit, man, and my soul, my body. It just echoed with excitement. I'm like, man, I don't know what that is. And I didn't desire it. This man, he's got joy, but he has no firm foundation. And it's stolen from him whenever he goes through affliction. The one, who hear, the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word out and it becomes unfruitful. Your foundation has to be firm. We look at a house, it has to be on a firm foundation. We got, we got, we got, we got footers and then we got wood that holds up our house, right? We got a firm foundation, but too many times the things that we can't see is what can get inside. And, and too many times, and I know that you can't see, but too many times there may be termites that start running through your wood and it's starting to corrupt your wood. Too many times whenever we bow our knee to ungodliness and, and corruption of the world, we're starting to allow ungodliness to get inside of us. Whenever we start allowing the, the termites to get into us, it starts eating at the inside. It starts taking away what God has put in there because we've allowed ungodliness to get in and it's starting to dwell inside of us to where it's starting to eat out the Holy Spirit. It's starting to eat out the fire of God. It's starting to eat out the life of God inside of us. Amen? Don't compromise your relationship with God. Grow in God. Grow in his word. By God's grace through faith we have salvation. But there's more to salvation. There's more to it. You know, December's rolling around, and I'm assuming that we'll probably do like we did last year. We invited people to bring goods after they, got their thing, after they get their Christmas basket. I think we had 13 to 15 people out there handing out chocolates, uh, laundry detergent, coloring books, uh, jars of cookies. They're following Jesus. Amen? You got to get established, rooted and grounded in God's word. We have life groups for you to get involved in. We're trying to feed you the best that we can. We're trying to feed you godliness the best that we can. We have 9 a.m. Sunday school, and I hear it's good. I encourage you. Man, you want me to wake up at 9, at 8.30 and come to church at 9? You'll go to a ball game and sit there for three hours. You'll go to a Mountaineer game and watch losers for three hours. And you won't come to church and hear about a winner that saved your soul and saved you from damn nation. Huh? We got the bait of Satan. Let me tell you, the bait of Satan, it's been a cleansing process for a lot of people. And if you haven't been here on Sunday nights, I encourage you to come. I've heard testimony after testimony of what has been taking place. But it, it's not just about salvation, it's participation. Because people are testifying about the hurts that's been put inside of them from the time they were five to whenever. And God has been cleansing. God has been bringing forward things that have been holding them bondage through the bait of Satan. God has been delivering people Amen. Listen, faith comes from hearing 
and hearing the word of God. Matthew 13 and 23, but he that receives seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Sin will keep you from the word, but the word will help keep you away from sin. Amen. Amen. Imagine this, you stay with God, and I'm getting ready to close. You stay with God, 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold. The worst that you do is a 30% increase. The math with God doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I can testify whenever we were baby Christians and we'd be worshiping the Lord and I felt like the God spoke, give an extra $50 in an offering and I'd look at Cindy and, I, and she's the accountant and I'd look at Cindy and I'd say, God wants us to put an extra 50 on that check, Linda. And she goes, we ain't got it. We ain't got it. And I said, listen, we ain't arguing about this. <laughs> God wants us to put an extra 50. He wants to know your faithfulness. We put that 50 on there before we were out the door. God gave it right back to me. Amen. He knew that we needed it, right? But he wasn't going to let me go without it because he knew our needs. He knew where we were, but he just wanted to check our faithfulness. He wants to check your faithfulness because he's faithful to you every day. The worst you do is 30% increase. The math don't make sense, but faithful tithing pays off. Amen. Points today, don't hesitate. That little girl, she, doesn't he she didn't hesitate to speak out and share what she knew. Don't stop believing. Even Naaman, he had belief in what the little girl said. Don't stop believing in the words that you hear. Be a follower of Jesus. Grow in his word. And don't let the world choke out your light. 1 John 2 and 6. He that saith he abideth in him, ought him ought him. Man, tongue tied. He abideth in him, ought himself also, so to walk even as he walked. Sums it all up. I was asking God for scripture to close today, and it was my devotion this morning. Let me read it again. Stand to your feet. 1 John 2 and 6. He said that he that abideth in him ought to find himself walking just like he walked the best we can holy without blemish do your best to walk be a God chaser be a Jesus father if you will bow your heads close your eyes speaking to the believers. I don't know where your walk is. But Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. They're sitting together, the Father and the Son, and they know exactly where your walk is. So you can't lie to them. But I encourage you today, if you find yourself where Naaman found himself, bowing down for another God and asking to be pardoned. This altar's open to you today. Listen, nobody's judging you. 
There's peace. Whenever you come to this altar, there's a God that meets you and there's a peace that comes over you. There's deliverance from the junk of the world. But the faithfulness, just like Naaman, he heard it and he had to go. So do you. You heard it and you have to come and see. Is there any here today that's never confessed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Is there any here that the Lord is tugging on your heart and said, Pastor, that, that message touched me. I'm lost in sin. And I need Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand today. Will not tarry long. But if it's you, raise your hand. If you need Jesus today, don't put it off till tomorrow. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, let's shout like we just won, like the Mountaineers just won. Why don't we shout a little bit? Huh? We got victory today, huh? There's a man that raised his hand for salvation. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He broke the ice. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? He broke the ice. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else today? Sir, I want you to look right at me. Pray this prayer with me. Say it out loud. And for somebody next to you, take their hand. Say, dear God, today, today I need a Savior. Lord, I repent of my sins. And I ask you to come into my heart. Lord, I ask you to take all impurities out of me today and replace it with purity. Replace it with love. Replace it with strength so that I can chase after you and be a follower of Jesus. Again, Jesus, I just need you. And amen. Amen. Let's give a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 